Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Just all kinds of stuff happening in this room today. Jason and Leah making their way back to their seats, newly engaged. Congratulations to you. We got a lake baby in the house covering her ears and her eyes. Uh, We got a graduate, Dakota, congratulations. Any other uh, special events happening today? Birthdays, anniversaries, why not? Just go for it. Cool. Glad that you're here today. Um, Today, let's discover the blessing of delivering life-giving words to those around us every day. And we're in this series called Lost in Translation, and that's my hope for us. Love. Lost in Translation. That's a movie with Tom Hanks. Uh, Today, let's discover the blessing. Do you have that? Let's show it up there. Let's discover the blessing of delivering life-giving, I guess not, words to those around us every day. Yeah? There it is. That's our goal for today. Um, I I was actually moving in a different direction with this morning's message and got a text message from uh, Chrissy, who many of you know, uh, a couple days ago, and it was just this, like, this word of encouragement. And it reminded me of the power of our words, the power of the words that we're speaking over one another, the opportunity that we have every day to breathe life through the things that we say and the words that we choose. There's this phrase that's often used in kind of an eerie big, bu- big brother way, see something, say something. Like you were walking around the subway or the airport and there's like, see something, say something. Suspicious, bad call. You know, and it's kind of like this big brother statement. But as I was thinking about this idea uh, this week, it was, it was so like poignant in a really beautiful way. And maybe now when we see these signs, we'll think about it in, this, in, this, in these terms of like, when we see something in other people, when we see something in the world around us, when we see something that God is doing, let's use our words and call it out because there's so much power in that. Uh, I was at an event on Friday night. It was uh, for a theater that I've done some work with, and the director of the theater was standing up and kind of addressing the crowd, and uh, there was a woman there in the audience, and so my friend Donald, who was, who was addressing the crowd, was telling this story about growing up in Osceola County and um, kind of growing up in a pretty rural area and, and not having a lot, like his parents didn't have a lot of money, they didn't have a lot of resources, and they kind of lived out in, a, in, a, in an area far away from the school and um, this teacher, when he was in second grade, was his music teacher. Her name was Debbie, and uh, Debbie began noticing how much he loved music. And in that time, their choir rehearsals were before school, but Donald's dad, every morning, had to go to work about four in the morning. He was in construction, and he had to go to work every day. And so Donald took the bus to school, and the bus didn't go early, so Donald wasn't able to participate in choir. And so Debbie was noticing this, noticing how much Donald loved music, and, uh, but couldn't make it, and, and called his, his house and arranged with his parents and said, hey, if you brought Donald to my house every morning, I would be happy to bring him to choir practice because I see how much he loves music. I see how much it means to him. 
And so uh, for the entirety of the school year, at four in the morning when Donald's dad would go to work, he'd go and rouse Donald from bed and get his things together and take him over to Debbie's house and they'd knock on the door at like 4.15 in the morning and Debbie would get up or make her husband get up and go answer the door and one of them would answer the door and Donald would go and sleep on the couch for three hours. Uh, before they all got up to go to school and Debbie would take him to choir practice and today Donald runs this theater department and is making a huge impact on all of the lives of the people that are part of that theater and it all was because of this thing that Debbie saw in him as a second grader and called it out but not only called it out took action on it and it radically transformed the course of my friend Donald's life and has like made a huge impact on the people that Donald is able to interact with through that program. And so even this statement, see something, say something, uh, I would say even this, say, see something, say something, live it. That we would take action. We wouldn't only use our words, but we would take action. And that's my heart and hope for us today. That we, we are here to see, speak, and live lives that transform the world into the ways of heaven every day. And we have the opportunity to do that with our lives, with our relationships, with our workplaces, with our homes. And even the vision for who we are here in this room together as a church, that this would be a place where we're constantly speaking the words of life that God is speaking through us to one another. That we would be aware, that we would see with supernatural vision, that we would see the things that God is doing, that we would see the way that God has made each of us, and that we would speak out the truths of those things over one another every day. That we would live that way in our lives, but as we come into this space together, that it would be a place where even in this community time that we just had, that we would be aware, that we would be asking, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you revealing through me? What are you saying about the people in this place? I think we have a vision for this to be a place where people walk into the front door and experience life. That no matter what the circumstances of their day-to-day is, that when they come into this place, it is a breath of fresh air. That even if they use the last bit of energy to walk through those doors and they end up falling on the floor because they're so exhausted, literally or figuratively, that we would be people who use our words and our lives to breathe the life of God into one another. And so we're in the series Love and Translation love in translation. And the whole series is about how are we translating the love of God into the world around us every day. And like we talk about translation, I think we've been talking about it in a kind of a figurative way, but even in a literal way today as we consider the power of the words that we use. Would we consider how we're manifesting the love of God into the world every day with our words? Because our words can be so powerful. We can introduce the world to Jesus through every word we say. That's my fault. We can introduce the world to Jesus through every word we say and how we say those words. In John 1, 1, Jesus is described as the word. Jesus is described as the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And through our words, we have the power to introduce people to the person of Jesus every day and to the realities of heaven every day. Just how powerful are our words? Proverbs 18.21 says, 
The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words have the power to bring life and death. When Chrissy sent me that text message this week, reminding me of what God was saying about who I am, it reminded me of the life that I have in God. And I know every day of my life, I walk through the world, I walk through the course of life, largely unaware of this reality that we're reminded of in Proverbs 18, that the words that I say have the power of life and death. And too often, I choose to speak words that are at best benign, but oftentimes are not bringing life, are bringing death in some way are bringing depression, are bringing complaining, are bringing hopelessness. And it's so important that we embrace the truth that the tongue has the power of life and death because every word that we say every moment of our day has the opportunity to bring life or death. I go to the YMCA uh, downtown and, uh, you know, there's kind of this like thing in gym culture where people like razz each other all the time. And it's kind of a part of normal life. Like we say stuff a lot that are just kind of like these passing phrases that I think we're not always aware of. Like, you know, my friend Jake and I who go to the gym together, like, you know, some old guy will walk by and he's like, yep, all you guys are just always sitting around, right? Or like leaning against the wall, taking a break or something. It's like, holding up that wall, doing a great job. And it's like, you know, these little phrases are like, you know, how's your day? Uh, you know, I'm, I can't complain. And it's like these little phrases that we have, that we use in our everyday life, that instead of being intentional about the life, the opportunity to bring life, sometimes we're just throwing away moments. We're throwing away those opportunities. So what does it look like for us to embrace life with every word that we say? And this morning, I'm going to teach a little bit and read some scripture. And then I also want us to take three moments where we're actually either, where we're actually experiencing this life, the life-giving power of words. And we're coming to this moment right now. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter one. And I just want us to sit back in this moment. So if you would close your eyes. And just get in a comfortable posture, uh, maybe with your feet on the floor, you know, uncross your legs, uncross your your arms, and just sit. And I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1. And it's not about the power of life and death in words. For me, it's one of the best examples in Scripture of the power of words to bring life to us. At the beginning of this letter to the church in Ephesus, the writer says so many encouraging things about the truth of who the people in Ephesus are, but also is speaking truth to us about who we are today here in this space. So I'm going to read this passage and just allow it to speak life over you today. Allow it to be a tangible example of the power of words to bring life in you today. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ 
in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. God, thank you for these life-giving words. Thank you for the power of these words to remind us who we are. Thank you that we have them today to remind us of the power of the words that we speak. May they inspire us to be people who bring life and not death with every word that comes out of our mouths. May we embrace the reality that our words contain within them the power of life and death. And may we receive these words from the book of Ephesians today as a reminder of that power. In Jesus' name, amen. And so this idea of the power of our words to bring life and death, how do we get there? Where does it start? How do we become people who speak out those kinds of words? How do we be people who are cognizant of the opportunity that we have every day? And I think it all starts in the unseen. Speaking out words of life is a prophetic act. It requires us to be people who have the eyes of God to see the world the way he sees them and to be able to access the unseen realities around us. And so I want to encourage us today with this, that we would stop reinforcing what's in the natural by speaking out what we see and that we start manifesting what's supernatural by speaking out what is yet to be seen. It's so easy for us to walk through life simply saying what we see. 
Simply calling out what we feel. Simply saying the basest of realities that exist around us. Complaining about the current reality around us. Instead of saying, Lord, how do you operate in this moment? How do you see in this moment? And how can I access those realities in order to speak out the truth of what you see in the supernatural realm as opposed to simply saying what it is that I see? To say what I see every day of my life is the most uncreative act that I can do. But to say what is seen in the supernatural is an opportunity for us to embrace and embody the creative heart of God. It's in our relationships. What are we seeing in our relationships beyond what's on the surface? How are we going into the depth of what God is seeing about our relationships? It's in our lives, the things, the circumstances, the situations around us, the spaces we inhabit, the circumstances we find ourselves in. And it's in our work, the workplaces that we operate in every day, the relationships that we have in those spaces, the work that we're putting our hands into, all of these things, every moment of our life has the opportunity for us to move away from simply doing the uncreative act of saying what we see. It's hot in here. This work is boring. I can't stand him or her. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. That person isn't doing what I want them to do. I wish this was this way. I wish that was that way. And moving into a deeper place of saying, Lord, what are you seeing? What are you doing? How are you operating? What are you dreaming for this place? And how can I be part of that work every day through the things that I do and through the words that I say? I love the opportunity that I get on so many occasions to just talk about the vision that I think God has for our city. And sometimes that happens in here, like even that picture of like, what would it look like for people who are weary to walk into the front doors of this space and find the life of God? They use their last bit of energy here and no matter the circumstances of their life, when they walk into this place, they're encountered by you who speaks truth and love and life, who embraces them. Speaking that picture out and giving us that vision even when it's not necessarily our current reality. And speaking truths about our city through the work that I get to do through the Creative City Project. Like one of the things that I'm always going around talking about is this idea that we as an organization want to help platform the city of Orlando as a city known for creativity and innovation around the world. And when I say that and I'm talking to artists or when I'm talking to other people who care so much about our city, I see them light up, right? And it's like, yeah, I see glimpses of that in my everyday life. And all of us know, like, you know, there's this single, eye, single perception of our city as a place known for Mickey Mouse. And that's okay. Like, I'm a pass holder. I love some Disney World. I go all the time, right? I love it. But what does it look like for us to have a new vision even for what our city can look like in the eyes of the world? And have this opportunity for us as people in our work, in our lives, in our relationships to always be asking, Lord, what are you dreaming for this? What could this thing, this place, this relationship, what could it become? It all starts in the unseen. It all starts in prophetic work. 
Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And for us to be people of vision, to be able to access that vision and to be able to speak it out using our words to bring life, it starts with our ability to be present with the Lord, to know his heart, to know how he sees, to hear his voice, to be still and to be present. It sounds like something we've talked about all year long. Anybody know where I'm going? What? Brar, exactly. Brar, it all comes back to brar. If you got no idea what I'm talking about, uh, at the beginning of the year I gave a message and, and gave this acronym brar. Breathe, remember, access, reveal. That in every moment that we would stop and take a breath, not shouting out the things that we're frustrated by, not simply saying what we see, but that we would stop and take a breath. I think that deep level of intentionality in this message today and in so many things in our spiritual life, it it starts with us putting the brakes on our natural inclination by slowing down and taking a breath. Because our natural response is to just say what we see. And if we would stop and slow down and take a breath, we would put an end to this propensity that we would have. We would begin establishing a new habit of slowing down and giving ourselves the opportunity to have a moment with the Lord. So I'm going to stop and breathe. I want to remember I'm going to remember the truths that God has spoken. I want to remember who God says I am. I'm going to remember what God says about the place and the people around me. And then I'm going to access. When we first taught this message, when I first taught this message, it was about accessing the fruit of the Spirit. That we would access love, joy, peace, patience. And today we take that same idea that we would access the vision of God for the people and places and even for ourselves that we encounter every day, that we would access the truth of God, his vision, and then lastly, reveal. And today we're talking about it in the context of speaking out the words of life. So let's embrace that in this context. The power of life and death is in our words, and so our words are so important, so stop. Breathe. Remember what God is saying. Access the truth of what he sees and reveal it. Reveal the life of God through the words that we speak. And here's what happens when I think when we move into that place of being able to access the unseen, being able to speak out the prophetic. When we discover love for us, we can love those around us. Again, back to the series, Love and Translation. How do we love the world well? It starts by this unseen understanding of God's love for us and what that means about how we view ourselves. Matthew 12, Jesus says it, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Our ability to speak out life, our ability to translate love into the world begins from what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And even right now, as my back is sweating and I am thinking about this message, I want to complain about how hot it is in here. But Lord, make it cold. (laughs) But also like, 
God thinks that it's not 98 degrees outside like it is out, inside like it is outside right now. A heart of gratitude, understanding the way God sees things, moving into a place of, Lord, thank you for this. And I'm not great at this. Like, this is a process for me. I was just in Mexico last weekend, and there are a lot of really nasty smells walking around the streets of Mexico City. And every time I walk by one of those nasty smells, I wanted to say something about it. And one morning, I was thinking about it, and, and I actually posted this online. I was like, I wish I had enough strength, enough strength that every time I walk by a nasty smell, that I thought about how awesome it is to smell strawberries and birthday cake and flowers. Gardenia is my favorite, right? So what are we doing? How are we accessing the Lord and allowing him to transform our heart, making us people of love? And loving well is a cycle of relinquishing selfishness and being loved and being loved and relinquishing selfishness. It's this cycle of us becoming people who are more and more selfless, And therefore, experiencing love as we turn our eyes from a selfishness of inward focus where all we can see is ourselves, we begin looking outward. And as we look outward, it allows us to be loved. And as we are loved, it makes us more able to be selfless people. And then we're able to love more freely. And as we love more freely, we experience what it's like to be loved. And there is this cycle that happens when we understand that we are loved when we're able to accept the love of God in our lives and allow that to transform the way we even love ourselves, it turns us from looking at us all the time and it allows us to begin looking at the world around us, receiving the love of those who are in our lives and then being able to love more selflessly and receiving in turn a greater measure of love. And loving unconditionally means that we don't love what could be. It means we love what is. And this is a hard one too. Loving unconditionally doesn't mean that we love what could be. It means that we love what is. We're talking about these prophetic words. We're talking about accessing the unseen. We're talking about speaking out the truth of what could be. But it doesn't mean we ignore what currently is. We have to be prophetic people seeing what God is dreaming for the world around us while currently living in the world that we live in, loving it well. For me, I think I live a lot of my life so kind of like evaluative. I will love that or them when. As opposed to realizing that love is not about condition. Love is about being with in the midst of. There's a a friend of mine, her name's Donna. She's actually been named the ambassador of love through a city proclamation. And she walks around and she hands out these little hearts to people. And it's not just like a kitschy thing that she walks around and hands out hearts to people. I've several times in my life when I've been walking through difficult moments thought about the words of truth and love that Donna has spoken over me. And I've known that no matter what's happening, honestly, I can send her a text or give her a call and she's gonna be present to love me well in the moment even when those moments are difficult. 
And she, to me, is a reminder that loving unconditionally means we don't love what could be. It means we love what is. And so we're asking the Lord, give me a prophetic vision for what could be. But it doesn't mean that we live in the future version of what that is or that we love only the future version of what that is, whether it's a relationship, a place, or a person. It means that we take that vision and we love in the moment exactly the way that thing or place or person is. And we walk with them as the Lord walks with us into the future of what could be. And so I want us to now take another moment, another pause here and focus in on this inward nature of receiving love the love of God and how we see ourselves so that we can love the world around us well. Back to this idea of love and translation, this series. Loving the world well, our ability to love the world well begins with our ability to receive the love of God and allow that to transform even the way we love ourselves. So again, let's close our eyes. Let's get in a comfortable posture. And we're going to kind of walk through this, beginning with the unconditional, transforming love of God. And we're going to think about the unconditional, transforming love of God by going back to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read it again. I'm not going to read it again. I'm just going to look at some of the words from Ephesians chapter 1 that describe who we are that speak to God's love for us. So these are the words from Ephesians chapter 1 that speak about God's love for us. He says that we're blessed. When you think about God's love for you today, think about it in terms of his blessing over you. You're blessed. God's love for us reminds us that we are chosen. God's love for us reminds us that we are holy. And this is a perfect picture God sees us and loves us as holy even when we walk through this life as imperfect people. God sees us and loves us as holy. You're blameless. Blameless. Without blame. You are adopted as children. You are redeemed. Redeemed. Let's remember today that God's love for us reminds us that we are redeemed. That all of our mistakes are redeemed. All of our flaws are redeemed. They're made right. You are forgiven. 
God's love for us reminds us that we are forgiven. There is nothing too wrong. There is nothing too bad. You are forgiven. I love this one. You are lavished on. It's not about getting to zero. It's not getting back to ground level. You are lavished on. Exceedingly, abundantly lavished on. God's love for you is smiling. It's laughing. It's joyful. It's extreme. It's lavished on you. You are known. And I think we can all use this word in our lives today. You are included. So let's lower the lights and we're going to put these words on the screen and as we think about God's unconditional transforming love I want us to sing this song together just as I am without one plea but that thy love was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot O Lamb of God I come I come yeah Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that as we think about loving the world, that we first begin with remembering your love for us. That that's where it starts. That that's where it begins. And I want us to continue on with this understanding of love. So keep your eyes closed in this prayerful, meditative space. And I want, to think about, want us to think about what God's love for us means about the way we understand our love for ourselves. That may be a, a foreign or a strange idea. But even as Jesus gives us the greatest commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We cannot love our neighbor well. We cannot speak words of encouragement and life over our neighbor until we're at the point where we're able to see the truth of who God says we are for ourselves. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about love. 
And as I read this, I want you to ask if these are things that you apply to even your own life. Are these things that you apply to your own life? So 1 Corinthians 13, it begins with love is patient. Do you have patience for yourself? Do you love yourself enough to allow the process to take place? Or are you constantly judging who you are? Are you constantly judging your actions? Or do you have patience even for yourself? Because love is patient. And Jesus calls us to apply patience, to give ourselves that kind of grace over our own lives. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Do you love yourself enough to relinquish boasting, to relinquish pride? Because our pride leads to our demise. But do you love yourself enough to embrace humility, to live with the gentleness and freedom of humility as opposed to the pressure of pride? It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Are you constantly keeping a record of the wrong that you see yourselves you see yourself accomplishing every day in the world or do you apply the grace of God over your life every day? Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Do you find joy in the truth of even those words that we read from Ephesians chapter 1 just a moment ago? It always protects. It always trusts. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust what God is doing in you enough to step out beyond what you think your own human capabilities are into a place of trusting that God has equipped you and is preparing you and is walking with you every moment of the day in everything that you do? Do you have love for yourself enough to trust that you can step out into what he's calling you into? Love always hopes. Which way are you looking when it comes to your life? Are you looking backwards at the failures of your past? Are you looking forward into the goodness of your future? And it always perseveres. So we begin with God's love for us. And then we allow that to inform how we see ourselves. And then lastly, I want us to see how that gives us the opportunity to turn our focus outward. That we would have an unconditional love for others. John chapter 13. Again, the words of Jesus. A new command I give you. Love one another. 
as I have loved you, and we just read a lot about God's love for us, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. 1 John chapter 4, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Think of a circumstance in your life, a difficult circumstance in your life. And in this moment, as we understand God's love for us and how that informs how we see and love ourselves, allow the Lord to give you a vision of love for that difficult circumstance. And now maybe a difficult relationship. As we understand God's love for us, how does that inform how we allow God's love to flow into a difficult relationship? Lord, I pray that as we understand your love for us, that it would inform how we love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is the last bit of our message here today. It's hard for us to love from an empty tank, but as we learn to receive love, we can give love through words and actions. Proverbs 10, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, that we would be people who speak life, that we would use our words as fountains of life. 1 Thessalonians 5, so speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll be all together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. Just keep swimming. So we're going to end with this. I want everybody to take out a device on which they can write. Um, ignore all of the, uh, ignore all of the uh, notifications that have come in over the last 35 minutes. Really, ignore them. Uh, go to a notes app. Somewhere where you can write. Even if you have a piece of paper to do this on, I want you to take out a digital device because we're about to do something else with your digital device. Everyone, everyone got your... Let me see your screens. I need to see light. Okay, good. I see some of you either are not lifting up your phone or do not have your device out. All right, I want us to, um, to, to spend time with the Lord asking him, Lord, give me words of life over each of these things or for each of these things. So over the course of this morning, we've, taught about the, we've talked about the power of words to bring life. We've talked about accessing the realities, the way God sees things for each situation, moment, place, and person. And we've talked about the power of love in the midst of that. Understanding God's love for us allows us, gives us the fuel to speak out the words to those around us. Um, so I want us to speak words of life, or in this case, write words of life over each of these things. And I'm going to say them, and then I'm going to give us like 45 seconds to write words of life. The first one is home. What are words of life that God is speaking out over our home, where you live, 
the place that you live, the people that you live with? What are words of life that God is speaking out over our home? And you can go back even as we sing this last song and, and write more about either of these if you'd like, but I'm just going to move through them a little bit quicker here. So next is your workplace and um, your coworkers. Maybe it's a specific one. Maybe it's the workplace in general. Maybe it's the work that you're doing. What are words of life that God is speaking over where you work or who you work with or the work that you're doing every day? season. Um, next, words of life over your neighborhood. Over your neighborhood. What is God's vision? What does God see when he looks at your living space and those around it, the streets, the sidewalks, the yards, the other families or or friends or people who live there? your city. Next is your city. Take time to ask the Lord what he sees for your city. What is the vision? What's the picture that he's giving you for this place that we live? Now we move into the next place, which is a little more active. Because see something, say something, live it. And, and we, can, we can actually live into the things that we just wrote, right? We can conform our actions to the life that we just wrote about each of those places. The place that we live, the words of life that God just spoke through us about those places, we begin living into those. In our workplace, we begin living into those. In our city, we begin living into those. We match our actions to those visions. 
Now, I just want us to take time to speak words of life over three friends. And we're going to do it practically. Open up your messaging app. And we're going to send three text messages of people of, that contain words of life to people that we know and love. So practical application right here, right now. We're going to speak some words of life. So open your messaging app. And we're going to speak words of life. And there's 100 people in here today. We're going to send 300 text messages. And we're going to multiply the life of God in the world via 300 text messages right now. So just pick three people. Ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying about these people? What's true? How can I speak words of life over them right now? One of mine was in a group message, so there are five people in that one. Shoot. Um, Let's stand together. I've only gotten through two of them, and we're nearing the end. Feel free to uh, continue on as we sing this last song. Um, Go ahead, stand. You can text and stand at the same time. You do it while you walk and drive, so I'm sure you can do it while you stand. Bless you. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.